This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. I was going to start off uh, with just a verse real quick, and then we'll, uh, we'll get into it. I want to start off in uh, 2 Timothy 3, 3 through 5. I've just been reading this verse a lot recently, and, um, and I just really, really want it to be just the base of what we're talking about today. So 2 Timothy 3, 3 through 5, it says this, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. Let's pray this morning. Jesus, we just thank you that you are uh, just in this room, Father God, and you are here and you are in control, Lord Jesus, of everything that's going on, Father God. And you reign, Lord Jesus, just like we sang about this morning, you reign above everything, Lord, that's going on. And so I just thank you, Lord, that hope is rising in this room, Lord Jesus, that hope is rising in this, in this area, Lord Jesus, and in this nation, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that you've placed Elevate Church right here, Father, to be just a light of hope, Lord Jesus. And in the darkness, Father God, there's hope. And we know, Lord Jesus, that you're in control. No matter what, Lord Jesus, you're in control. And your plans, Lord Jesus, will happen. And your plans will prosper and your purposes will prosper. And we thank you for that, Lord Jesus. We love you. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's we'll start off with a quick story real quick, a um, little update. Uh, so about a year ago, pretty sure it was about a year ago, uh, me and my wife uh, were obviously married, and uh, we decided, hey, you know, let's, let's get a puppy, you know, like, hey, that's a good idea, you know, we're bored, let's get a puppy. Um, and uh, so it's like, hey, you know, we were, you know, looking for, for puppies and everything like that. And, you know, didn't really know, you know, what we were getting into. You know, a lot of people were saying, no, don't do it. Don't do it. It'll change your life. And I'm like, ah, I'm young. I got this, you know. And, uh, and so anyway, we ended up, you know, looking at different pet stores and everything like that. And we ended up getting a puppy. All right. And it was adorable. It was cute. It was cheap. And so I was just like, you know what? This is like, this is, oh, my gosh, I, I, this is awesome. I just, I always wanted to be that dog guy, you know. Um, and so... You know, we got this puppy, we brought it home, and it was super cute and everything like that. And it was, at the time, it was super, you know, calm and everything like that. And I would say about a week later, um, you know, I decided that it was the Lord's will for us to not have a puppy anymore. And so, uh, and so I got rid of it, you know. And so people can stop asking me. Somebody asked me the other week, hey, how's your puppy? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm doing great. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I was just like, you know. So we got rid of it, and uh, lots of counseling. My wife has come to forgive me and everything like that. And, um, you know, so anyway, so about, you know, maybe a month ago or something like that, I'm driving past PetSmart, and out comes this beautiful husky, all right? Anybody like huskies? Anybody? Okay, just me. All right, but that's all right. Um, but 
there's this beautiful, beautiful husky, and it's white, and it's, you know, it looks like a wolf, and, and it's just, it's awesome, you know, and, uh, and I was like, man, I'll, someday, I'd like this dog, you know, this, this is an awesome, awesome dog, so I, I come home and everything like that, and, you know, me and my wife, we're just having dinner, we're just talking casually, how was your day, and everything like that, and I was like, my day was great, you know, I saw a, I saw a husky today, I was like, huskies are really cool dogs, and, you know, probably within 10 minutes, she found every single husky in the Cincinnati area that was for sale. <laughs> All right, and she's like, hey, what about this one? What about this one? What about this one? And I'm like, yeah, those are adorable. And she's like, let's go look at one. I'm like, all right, I love you. <laughs> um, and, um, and so we went to Petland by Jungle Gyms, and, you know, we see this, this uh, you know, adorable little, little husky, all right? And, uh, and so we were like, hey, can we play with it and everything like that? And it was, oh, my gosh, it was so cute. My heart was melting. You know, it was just, it was adorable, you know? And, um, and I was like, God, like, seriously, let this be, you know, over $5,000. Like, and I was just joking around. And the lady came up to me, and she's like, yeah, here's the price. It's $5,000. And I was like, thank God. And she's like, you can make payment plans. No, <laughs> no, please, all right? So I don't care if it's only 55 bucks a month. You know, it's just the rest of my life. But, um, but anyway, so I was like, no, I was like, I, I just, I can't do it. I, I got to walk away. I got to walk away. You know, we've been in this situation before. I just got to walk away. All right. So, you know, uh, yesterday or it was Friday, we got back from our trip from Florida and my wife's like, hey, let's go look at a puppy. All right. And I was like, sure. And, uh, and so, you know, I, so we went to the pet store yesterday and of course, there was this adorable, I mean, adorable little uh, English bulldog, all right? And, you know, it, oh, gosh, it was, it was just cuddly, and it was so calm, and, you know, it was just, it was just so ugly but cute, you know? It was just, it was, it was adorable, you know? It had this white face and everything like that. I mean, it was, it was absolutely adorable. And so, again, my heart is melting and everything like that, and my wife's like, let's just get it, you know? I'll take care of it. And, um, and so... You know, we're there for a while and everything like that, and the lady comes up to us like five times. She's like, you guys doing all right? Are you just hanging out here today? Or, you know, <laughs> should I order in lunch? Or, um, but, uh, you know, so we're, we're there for just a long time just playing with this puppy, and finally I was like, listen, we got to leave. We got we to gotta leave, you know? And, so, and then all day my wife's like, let's get it. Let's just go get it, you know? She's like, you're going to surprise me, aren't you? She's like, you're going to surprise me. <laughs> I know it. And I was like, no, I'm not. And, um, and so... Yeah, so we ended up not getting the puppy, and I'm free today, all right, um, because of that. But the point of my story today is this, is that uh, I learned how to have self-control, all right, okay? I learned how to have self-control. And you say, Matt, well, it's just a puppy. Anybody can say no to that, you know? But it's hard, all right, okay, all right? But I learned how to have self-control. And I want to talk about today this subject of self-control, because when you read the Bible, I find out that it's everywhere. And constantly in the New Testament and the Old Testament, people are saying, hey, you need to learn how to have self-control. You need to live a life of self-control. You need to be controlled to live a life of self-control. And so I want to talk about that today. Because according to what... Paul is telling Timothy in this first verse that we read, he's saying that in the last days, 
it's going to be really, really difficult times. And this is crazy, you know, because it's, it's Paul here we're talking about. Paul who was shipwrecked, Paul who was, uh, you know, stoned, and Paul who was uh, thrown into prison and beaten and all these things. And yet he's saying, listen, Timothy, the closer we get to the coming of Jesus, it's going to be really, really difficult times. And I believe that we are getting closer to the coming of Jesus, that we are getting closer to the day that we see Jesus come back. Yet Paul is saying it's going to be really, really difficult times. Why is it going to be so difficult? It's because people aren't going to live with self-control. People aren't going to live in self-control. People are just going to kind of roll with the crowd, roll with the world, roll with fear, roll with doubt. They're kind of just going to do whatever they want to do, whatever they're you know, urges are or desires are, they're just kind of kind of roll with it. The negativity, the chaos, everything like that. As believers, we're going to be surrounded by all of this. All right, sweet. (laughs) Hey, man, thank you. But as believers, we're surrounded by all of this. A world of people that just kind of go with what the news is saying, go with what media is saying, go with what whatever anybody's saying. They're just kind of got to roll with it. And have no self-control whatsoever. And have no uh, self-discipline whatsoever. But if the world's rolling with fear, they're going to roll with fear. If they're rolling with chaos and negativity and anxiousness and doubt, that's what they're going to go with. It's just like the wind. They're just going to go with it. And that's why it's going to, that's what it's becoming like. But what is God's plan for the church? What is God's plan for us as believers today? And God's plan is that we live in self-control, that we find out and we learn how to control the way that we naturally want to go. Because as as just people in the world, it's so easy to just kind of go with everybody else. It's so easy to kind of just roll with the world or roll with media or roll with the news or whatever. But God has a plan for our lives and that is to be self-controlled, to be able to control our fears, to be able to control our anxiousness or our worries or our doubts or our desires or whatever it is that we are facing today. God's plan for your life is to live in self-control. It's to live in self-control. And so I want to really talk about three things today that the Lord has placed on my heart about self-control. And it's three things that people who live in self-control know. They know it. So number one is this. People who live in self-control know the heart of God. People who live in self-control know the heart of God. I love the story of Timothy because you got Timothy here and, and he is you know, a young man, and he's facing all of these fears, and he's facing all this intimidation and doubt about himself and about his calling and everything like that. And we know that all of this comes from, because he's pastoring a church where there's a, a bunch of probably, uh, there is a bunch of older people, you know, and he's a young man, and he's leading this church because Paul writes to him in 1 Timothy 4.12, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. 
And so we know that Timothy is facing a lot of fear and a lot of intimidation and everything like that. But Paul writes to him in his second letter, and he says this in 2 Timothy 1, 7. It says this, For God will never give you the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. Another version says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So Paul is telling Timothy in this situation, he says, listen, I know that you're struggling right now. I know that you're struggling with fear. I know that you're struggling with intimidation. I know that you're struggling with doubting yourself and all of this stuff. Listen, I know that you're struggling right now, but I just wanna let you know that God didn't give it to you. God didn't give you that spirit of fear. God didn't give you that spirit of intimidation. God didn't give you that spirit of anxiety. Paul is letting Timothy know this, that listen, even though you're struggling, the heart of God for your life is not to live in that. It's not to live in fear. It's not to live in anxiety. It's not to live in all of this doubt that you're dealing with. And why? 1 John 4, 18 says this. I love this. I love it. It says this. Love never brings fear. For fear is always related to punishment. But love's perfect perfection drives the fear of punishment far from our hearts. So Paul is telling Timothy, God didn't give you the spirit of fear because fear has to do with punishment and fear has to do with the fear of punishment and perfect love casts out fear. And so I want you to know this, that God loves you and that his plan for you is going to prosper. God cares about you. God cares about what you're going through. That's the very, very heart of God. Just to tell you a quick story, right before we went to Florida, I just, I just realized in my life that I just kind of have some worry in my heart, you know? I just have some, just some worry in my heart. It's not necessarily about, like, everything that's going on, but it's kind of about my life and, you know, just stuff like that. So I realized, man, I, just, I got some worry in my heart about that. But I just, I read this verse, you know? It's Isaiah 14, 24. It says, be sure of this. Just as I have planned so will it be. This is the Lord saying this. Every purpose of my heart will surely come to pass. Everything that I've planned will come to pass. Everything that I've purposed will come to pass. You know that God's purpose for your life is a hope and a future? You know that God's purpose for your life is good things? You know that there's a time after all of this that God is, is working out right now and, the, and that this isn't the end of the world right now, that it's not the end of, of our lives or anything like that, but God has a purpose in the midst of all of this, but he has a purpose beyond all of this. He has a purpose for good and a purpose for a hope and a future. He has a purpose for your life. And so I began to read this and I began just to really realize the heart of God for my life the heart of God, that, that, that God's purposes and God's plan for my life are a hope and a future and a good purpose and a good plan. And they're going to happen in my life. Yeah. 
And so once I realized the heart of God for my life, once I realized the heart of God and God's promises for my life, where did all that worry go? Disappeared. I was able to control all of this worry, all of this fear about what's going to happen because I knew the heart of God. And I knew, I knew that God's plans and God's purposes for my life are going to happen. And that's what Paul is telling Timothy here. Listen, God's not giving you the spirit of fear because God loves you and God cares about you. And God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. So listen, you can control that fear. When we know God's heart, when we know God's mind, I love how that version says that he's he's not giving you the spirit of fear, but he's giving you power, love, and a sound mind. Anybody want a sound mind? Like, I, I want a sound mind. Like, like a sound mind comes from knowing the mind of God. A sound mind comes from knowing the heart of God. Purposes are going to happen. So therefore, the thoughts of negativity, the thoughts of worry and doubt and what's going to happen and are we going to survive just disappear. And the only thing that's in our mind and in our hearts is the plans of God. It's the plans of God. So a person who lives in self-control knows the very heart of God, knows the very heart of God. Number two, people who live in self-control know what they're living for. They know what they're living for. First Corinthians 9, verse 25, it says this, a true athlete will be disciplined in every respect, practicing constant self-control in order to win a laurel reef that quickly withers. But we run our race to win the victor's crown that will last forever. We we run our race to win the prize, to win the eternal reward. You know, I read a report a while back that LeBron James, if you don't know LeBron James, is an NBA player. Thinks he's the greatest of all time. I don't know. I see the both coins. I see both sides of the coins. We'll get into that later. But LeBron James, I read a report that he spends $1.5 million on his nutrition and his workouts alone. $1.5 $1.5 million, you know what you could do with that, you know? $1.5 million on his nutrition, on chefs, on his workout plans, whatever, you know, his trainers, whatever. And why does he do it? Because he knows that he has to practice discipline because he wants to win an NBA championship. He wants to be the best, right? You know, he wants to win the prize. So how much as believers are we to live this life disciplining ourselves, controlling ourselves in order to win the prize, to win the reward, to know what we're living for, that we're not living for just retirement. We're not living for just a a 410, I don't even know what it's called, 410K, it doesn't matter. We're not living for that. 401K, there we go, that's what I said. We're not living for just retirement and being on a yacht or a boat or whatever. We're living for this great eternal prize, this great eternal reward that is for us in eternity. And so what do we got to do here? We got to train. 
We gotta control ourselves. We gotta have discipline here on earth. This is our training ground for that reward up in heaven. I love what Paul also says in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 27. It says this, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified for the prize. Paul knew exactly what he was living for. So I'm not living for, for just, you know, you to think I'm the best preacher or whatever. You know, I'm not living for man's approval. I'm not living for this. I'm not living for that. But I'm living for something greater, which is eternal reward. I'm living for the prize. I'm living and running my race for the prize. And so what am I going to do? Man, as soon as I get done preaching, I'm going to beat down my body. I'm going to make it. Listen, I'm going to have self-control. I'm going to have self-discipline because I know that if I don't, I'm going to disqualify myself for the prize, for what we are living for. Number three is this. The worship team, you can actually come on up. Just the band, whatever. Everything's good. Number three. People who live in self-control know that self-control is only possible through the Holy Spirit. Second Timothy, like I read earlier, Second Timothy 1 verse 7 says this. For God will never give you the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit, who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. Galatians 5, verse 22 says this. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Self-control. The Holy Spirit produces self-control in our lives. At the beginning of the year, you know, everybody makes goals, everybody makes, makes plans, everything like that. And what I wanted my life to be like this year and to work on was to be disciplined, you know, because just naturally not like organized, have everything together, everything like that. I wanted to be just disciplined. I wanted to have self-discipline, self-control. And so I started listening to leadership podcasts. This guy named Craig Rochelle, he's phenomenal, you know. Check him out. But he talks all about it. You know, he talks about his routine and everything like that. Like he gets up at like four in the morning, you know, and starts praying and then gets on with his day and everything like that. So naturally I'm like, yeah, four in the morning, that sounds great. Let's do it, yeah, sure. And so, you know, I go to bed and I'm all pumped and everything like that, set my alarm or a couple, you know, and just make sure I get up. And I'm like, yeah, four in the morning, I'm gonna be disciplined, yeah. And then the alarm goes off and I'm like, oh Lord, I meant tomorrow. I'll be disciplined, you know. And so I hit snooze and I'm just like, you know, whatever, you know. And it's this, this goes on for like a while, you know, and I start to get frustrated and I start to get upset and everything like that. I'm like, why can't I get up at four in the morning? I don't understand it. And some other things, you know, was just, was just happening. And, and I just, I was trying so hard in my own strength to have self-control. 
I was trying so hard in my own strength to be self-disciplined. I was trying so hard in my strength to live this type of way. I just began just to get frustrated and everything like that. And I was like, why can't I, why can't I do this? Why can't I, like, why, you know? And so it's finally where I just, you know, just began to read the word. It's amazing what happens when you do that. And I just saw just so clearly that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. That when we're struggling to be, to live a life of self-control, when we're struggling to live a life of self-discipline, when we're struggling to really control fears and worries and It's the Holy Spirit that steps in and really helps us. It's the Holy Spirit that steps in and says, listen, I I know your weaknesses and I'm gonna help you. I know that you're just dust. I know that you're just human. (laughs) But I'm gonna step in and I'm gonna help you. And I'm gonna strengthen you. And I'm gonna be your help. But it came to this point and there's this great story in Genesis 32 where Jacob is, is about to go meet his brother Esau. And if you don't know the story, Jacob tricked his brother Esau to get the, or his father to get the birthright and traded a bowl of soup for his birthright. And so naturally Esau is, you know, not happy. And so Jacob in Genesis 32, he's going to meet his brother Esau. And he's afraid because his brother Esau is huge. He's afraid that his brother Esau is just going to kill him or whatever. And so Jacob goes and he's like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go meet my brother. And even though I'm scared and everything like that. And so Jacob was alone. And then all of a sudden, this guy came out of nowhere and began to wrestle with him. Later, we find out that it's God. And Jacob begins to wrestle with God. And so, you know, Jacob's, you know, got him in the full, full Nelson, whatever it's called. Uh, Jacob's got him in a good position, you know, and he's, he's not letting go. And anybody who knows anything about wrestling knows that you got to have strong legs, you know. I read that once. <laughs> I went to Troy Christian. We were like three, three times state champions in wrestling, but it was like Division 20, so it didn't count. But... But you gotta have strong legs. Because if you can wrap them up, you can pin them down and you can win. And all of a sudden, God touches Jacob's hip socket and it loosens his legs. And you would think Jacob's just gonna let go, but still Jacob holds on. Still Jacob holds on to God. And he says, I'm not gonna let go until you bless me. I'm not gonna let go until you favor me right now. I'm not gonna let go until you help me face my brother, until you help me face these fears that I'm dealing with. I'm not gonna let go until you help me and strengthen me to overcome exactly what I'm about to face. So that's where I was at. I was just struggling with a lot of fear and a lot of intimidation and a lot of just doubt in myself And I was just struggling and struggling and struggling. 
And I tried so much to do it in my own strength. But then finally, I got a hold of the promises of God that he strengthens us in our weaknesses. And I got a hold of the promise of God that he helps us when we're struggling. And it came to the point where I was like, I'm not gonna let go. I'm not gonna let go until you strengthen me today. I'm not gonna let go until you help me today, Holy Spirit. I'm not gonna let go. And that's the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That Jesus didn't leave us here on earth, but he gave us the Holy Spirit. He gave us the Holy Spirit. He lives inside of us to know, to be confident that whatever's going on in the world, whatever's going on in our lives, whatever we're struggling with, that the Holy Spirit is here to comfort us, to strengthen us, to help us in our weaknesses. Why don't you stand up this morning? You can close your eyes right now. If you're here in this room and you just say, Matt, like I'm, I'm just struggling with fear, I'm struggling with anxiety or doubt or what's going to happen or maybe it's just something more than that. Maybe you're just struggling with urges sinful urges and you know that the Bible says to be self-controlled to live to live a life of self-control to live a life of self-discipline but you're just kind of weak today maybe just struggling keep failing whatever the Holy Spirit is in this room to help you And I really felt this during worship, that the Holy Spirit is in this room to give you hope today that you can overcome every single thing that you're struggling with. Because what the enemy wants to do is he wants to take away hope from your life. But Hebrews tells us to hold on to this hope, hold on to this confidence, hold on to this hope that the Holy Spirit will help you. The Holy Spirit will be your guide. The Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will strengthen you. And the Holy Spirit is here to give you hope this morning. Hope this morning that you can overcome, that you can be, that you can live a life of self-control and self-discipline, that you can have a sound mind. That you, that you don't have to worry anymore in your mind. You don't have to worry in your, in your mind anymore. You don't have to have negative thoughts. You don't have to have thoughts of what's gonna happen. How am I gonna survive? How, how, what this or that or whatever. You don't have to have these negative thoughts in your mind anymore. But through the Holy Spirit, because he gives you a sound mind, The Holy Spirit gives you self-control. The Holy Spirit gives you a sound mind. So come on, let's just take just a few minutes right now, and I just want you just to cry out to the Holy Spirit right now. Just cry out to the Holy Spirit. Just speak to Him. Just say, Holy Spirit, I need you right now. I need your strength. I need hope right now. 
I need, <laughs> I need to be strengthened today so that I can live a life of, of discipline. I can live a life that's controlled so that I'm not just blowing with the wind. I'm not just going with the world. I'm not just going with fear. I'm not just going with doubt. I'm not just going with negativity or the chaos or whatever. I'm not just going with my urges or my desires or whatever is going on in my life. I'm not just going with that, but I'm living a life of self-control. I'm living a life of self-discipline. I'm living a life of a sound mind. But Holy Spirit, I need you. So come on, let's just take a, just a few minutes. Just speak to the Holy Spirit right now. Spirit, I thank you that you're in this room right now. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're in this room. We can feel your presence. We can feel your power. We can feel your strength. We can feel, Lord Jesus, and we know that the Holy Spirit is in this room to strengthen us in our weaknesses, to strengthen us when we're down, to strengthen us. And I just release hope right now into every single heart that there is a life, there's a future, there's good plans right now, that God has not forgotten about us, that God has not abandoned us, that God has not loosened his grip on our lives. But I thank you, Lord Jesus, that the plans of God will prosper, that the purposes of God for our life will never fail but they will prosper in Jesus' name. And so I just release hope into every single heart. I release hope in Jesus' name. That we walk out of this room just lifted up, our spirits just lifted up right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you strengthen us, that you strengthen us, Holy Spirit, that when we're weak, that we can't go a day without your strength. We can't go a day without you. So I just thank you, Lord Jesus, for that. Thank you, Father, for hope today. Thank you for hope. We just love you so much. Father, we love you. We love you. Come on, let's just lift up our thankfulness right now. If you feel comfortable, let's lift up your hands. Lift up your voice. Let's just lift up our thankfulness to Jesus right now. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. Thank you, thank you that we don't have to do life alone. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that, that when we're down, we don't even have to pick ourselves up because the Holy Spirit is right there. When we're lost in fear, when we're lost in anxiety and doubt and, and negativity and, and all of the despair, chaos in the world that we don't even have to lift ourselves up because the Holy Spirit is right there to strengthen us, to give us a hand, to absolutely lift us up from whatever we're going for. Whatever we're dealing with, 
We don't even have to lift ourselves up because it's the Holy Spirit who lifts us up. It's the strength of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that lifts us up right now. So we thank you, Father God. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord Jesus. And we give you honor. We give you praise, Lord Jesus, because we don't have to live life alone. We don't have to live life defeated. We don't have to live life struggling because it's the Holy Spirit that lifts us up. So we thank you for that. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're with us. We thank you. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come on, let's just, let's just take a few minutes. I just, I really feel like thankfulness needs to be released right now. Thankfulness right now. Because there's so much negativity. <laughs> there's so much negativity in the world. But a church that is thankful, a people that is thankful today, a people that is thankful, man, that is hope right now. Thankfulness thankfulness when it's raised up right now man hope begins to rise when thankfulness is absolutely just released hope begins to rise so come on church let's just thank Jesus this morning just out of your own voice right now just thank Jesus lift up your voice lift up your hands worship him thankfulness thankfulness in this house thankfulness in this house thankfulness in this house that no matter what we're going through no matter what we're going through god we thank you that you're in control we thank you that you're not on off of your throne but you're on your throne and you are high and lifted up and you're in control and the plans and the purposes for your church will forever reign will forever reign and your word will forever reign and your word will be everlasting and the holy spirit will dwell in our lives and will strengthen us and when there's chaos in the world and there's negativity in the world and there's fear in the world the church will stand and the church will shine and the church will absolutely Peace, the beacon of hope for this world in Jesus' name. God, thank you for what you did today. <laughs> thank you for what you did today. Thank you for hope. Thank you for hope being restored in this house, in our hearts. We just love you so much. We love you. God, thank you that you're with us throughout the day, throughout our week. We're just so thankful, Jesus. We're so thankful. God, bless your people this week. Bless your people. 
Thank you that they're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. In Jesus' name, we love you, we love you, we love you. Everybody said amen, amen. Come on, give it up for Jesus this morning. Give it up for Jesus this morning. Amen. Amen. Hey, we love you so much. Thank you for joining us today. That means a lot to everybody here. Thank you for joining us today. Um, God is really good. God's really good. We'll be back next week. Pastor Jeff will be sharing an awesome word. So we love you so much. We love you. We love you. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.